episode 451 peak performance professional speaking and dyslexia with christopher didian the awaken your alpha podcast tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you i'm adam lewis walker host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book awaken your alpha towels and tactics to thrive and it is my mission to share you the real stories the useful stuff the juicy stuff and the reality of what it takes to thrive do the little guy a favor subscribe and review it'll help get him off my back this episode is sponsored by the talk accelerator increase your influence income and impact if you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a tedx talk you can do that so head over to talk x c e l e r a t o r.com jump across there and it'll have all the information case studies why you might want to do it all the information around it and also if you jump on the green button on there you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me what is your idea worth sharing it's time to play a bigger game it's time to amplify your message and make it happen get to the podcast okay enjoy the show this week it's all about peak performance we have christopher dedian on the line he is a professional speaker a peak performance coach and an advocate for learning disabilities he helps entrepreneurs leaders and employees alike manage stress increase productivity and have more energy so before we dive into it there's lots we can talk about but firstly christopher are you ready to awaken your alpha today absolutely and i'll just like to say adam thank you very much for having me looking forward to jumping in and just having fun together on it right now that was a pretty brief introduction by me what are you all about? Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? Yes, thank you for that. So a bit like I mentioned, I'm a professional speaker, peak performance business and life coach and a learning disability advocate. So everything that I do with my clients towards from working with big clients like PepsiCo towards I'm working on one-on-one executive coaching, it's all about peak performance. And that peak performance is not only in your business, but it's in your personal life because I do believe that it is very intertwined. So we could definitely unpack that. We could unpack the learning disability side of things as well as I am dyslexic. So that's where my philanthropy side comes into the play. It's not necessarily something that I bring in the forefront when it comes to uh, my professional work, but it's definitely something I talk about because it is my my hero's journey, if we call it, right? I'm, the, I'm dyslexic at a young age. I got diagnosed at eight years old, had to deal with uh, learning disabilities and how to figure it out and how to become strong and go out of that and go into the career that I am right now. So definitely something that I do mention. And when it comes to the philanthropy side, that's something I put a lot of time and effort in, which actually I'm the president of my alumni association for Vanguard, which is a School for Students with Learning Disabilities. I've done work with the Ministry of Education of Quebec, which is a province in Canada, about learning disabilities. And these are things that are extremely passionate to me. I try to give back to the next uh, generation for people that have learning disabilities and show them that anything is possible if you have the proper way to learn. Because the reality of the matter is anybody that has learning disabilities or just anybody the reality is you just have to figure out what's the best way for you to learn. Once you figure out what's the best way for you to learn and consume information, then you're going to be able to succeed. And there's different like varieties and different ways to go about that. And unfortunately right now, the education system really shows us one facet of learning, which is mostly through reading and consuming it through classrooms, but there are other ways. And once you figure that out, it's going to unpack it and open it up. So that's what I more on the philanthropy side of things. But when it comes to the businesses, like I said, it's just getting people to perform in every sense of the way in every industry and in every area of life in itself. Yeah. 
And you obviously touched on your origins there. You mentioned Quebec. Like, where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? So I'm actually from Montreal, Canada. Uh, not too far from you. So yeah, eastern side, awesome place, beautiful place. A bit cold right now, but other than that, it's a beautiful place. How much snow have you got up there? Actually, right now we have no snow. No, really, snow. we've been See, lucky. I've got snow. Northern Michigan, I've got snow. We, we've got, you know, we've got a couple, of, but it, we didn't have it till about a few days ago. And then it's just, boom. I, won't see my, I won't see my lawn for, you know, five months now. <laughs> okay. For the moment, we're, we're good and we're not complaining. It's, I'm not complaining anyways yeah. that we have no snow. When it comes to your, your own, you diagnosed with dyslexia, correct? That, that's exactly, yes. Yeah. What is like the most challenging thing for you when you was at school? What, what is like the, the worst case scenario for you in terms of reading? Is it reading? Like, right. What, what is the worst case scenario for yourself? Okay. So awesome question. Once again. So first and foremost, uh, dyslexia is a learning disability that has to do with the speaking, reading and writing language. And it does affect people in a different way. So there's different levels towards it. For me, I always say like on a scale of one to 10, I'm probably 30 on 10 dyslexic, which is very high up there. Mm -hmm. Now, as you get older, you kind of learn how to live with it. You probably have the right people around you, God willing, to teach you those things. And I was blessed to go into specialized school. I was blessed that my parents noticed that there was something wrong with me and they got me diagnosed at a young age. And they were able to put me with the right people around me. So once that was done, then I was able to flourish in the person that I was becoming. But that being said, was there difficulties? 100%. I mean, for some people, most people, reading is a second nature to them. For me, it's not at all. So you have to learn how to deal with things differently. So my memory is extremely well, because I remember when teachers used to come into the classroom and tell us, Hey kids, this is what you need to do. And tell us the, the exam or whatever the case is. And they're like, Hey, you could read it. Everything's written. I had no choice, but to remember because I couldn't rely on my reading skills. Now that brings great advantages as an entrepreneur as well. I remember once again, when the teacher used to come into the classroom and say, kids, we're going to be in teams before she finished the word three, I had my head up and I was looking at who reads the best in the classroom, who writes the best. Let's put a team together. Let me delegate the work. Let me give them the idea, get them to do their stuff and we'll get a good grade. That's delegation 101, something that I use all the time as an entrepreneur. I remember when I used to be failing in college, I used to go back and see the professor and I used to negotiate my grade. I used to be like, no, that's not what I meant. This is what I meant. Negotiation 101. So, so many things because of my dyslexia got me to be a great entrepreneur. And that's one way kind of I've utilized my dyslexia as an asset in some way, shape or form, but there definitely is always difficulties and there always will be challenges. Even now as an adult, as a 31 year old man running several businesses and so on and so forth, there are some challenges. You just have to figure out how to utilize it and utilize your strengths and bring that in the forefront. Looking back, you've got all of these sort of things that you see as strengths now, but when was a time when you thought actually like almost like an awakening moment, like, ah, this is how I can best use my talents or just, you know, kind of, this is the path I'm going to follow in terms of entrepreneurship or maybe it's the first business and the professional speaker. When did you, that come into the limelight? Okay. okay. So I, I like all of those questions kind of culminates and it just so happens to one particular event, which was essentially in beginning of 2017, March to be exact. One of my speech therapists that used to follow me in high school called me at that time. I was a real estate broker. So before being a speaker and a coach, I was a broker. She called me, asked me a question about a property for her mother. And after talking about the property, she said, Chris, how's everything going with you? And I just went on a, on a rant. I'm like, everything's going great. I was in my mid twenties, making a lot of money. I was successful. Everything was beautiful. And she's like, Chris, I'm the keynote speaker at this event put together by the Learning Disability Institute of Quebec. I would love for you to come and talk about your dyslexic journey as an entrepreneur. I'm like, beautiful, let's do it. That same evening, she sent me an email saying in the capital of the letters, 
Like, hey, Chris, I don't think this is a good idea for you to do this speech because there's still a lot of people that have a bad perception of what is somebody with dyslexia and you may lose some potential clients. Now, granted, she was doing this out of love because she yeah. thoroughly wanted to protect me. And I remember at that point writing an email back to her and I'm like, hey, I'll call you Monday and we'll talk about it. Next day, call her up and I'm like, hey, I'm like, I completely agree with you. But the honest truth is if I'm not out there on the giving that speech, I'm not helping the kids on the, on the school benches right now and I'll be somebody fake. I'm like, no, I'm, that's not who I am. I'm like, I'm going to do this speech and whoever wants to work with me will work with me. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. So I'm like, let's go. She told me it's going to be about 200 people at this event. Now, granted, this is the first time I did uh, yeah. ever a speech. Go to this event, open a door. There's over a thousand people in the, in the room. Whoa. My heart starts beating like crazy. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I've gotten ready for this. Like I was prepared <laughs> for it, but it's a different game. Going from 200 to like not being able to see the end of the, of the room. It's a completely different game. I go on stage and it was just like something magical on the aspect of that moment kind of culminated to really understand that the universe, God, our creator was preparing me for this particular moment, which was to be a speaker, to be able to help and give value to other people so we can awaken their alpha within. We can make their lights, their purpose come out. And once that moment happened after that, everything I structured was towards, all right, I have to move from being a broker to a full-time speaker. And I had no idea what that was, but so many great things happened from that moment. So that's where my aha moment came about. And I really realized what was the gift that the universe has given to me and it was my duty to bring it in the forefront. So I would say that's how it kind of culminated. And the reason why I feel like I was somewhat eloquent even back then as a speaker is because I had no choice, like I've mentioned previously, to yeah. be able to speak in a classroom, to be able to express myself with the speaking language instead of the reading and writing because that wasn't an option for me. So yeah, it was just, it was a magical moment for me to be quite honest and I'm extremely blessed for it. Awesome. And when it comes to sort of peak performance, what do you think are some of the, the fundamentals for if people are listening to this and they want to raise their game, they want to speak to yes. maybe a thousand people or more or, or perform at a high level and whatever it is they're doing, what do you think are some of the fundamentals? I, I, I love that question because peak performance, uh, honestly, it's like so many things in itself and so many people do, uh, define it differently. And for me, it's like the performance, kind of like a life coach and a business coach mixed together. That's the way I look at it because I thoroughly believe that it's extremely correlated. Like if somebody says, hey, there's a work-life balance or something you could se separate, it's not real, to be quite honest. Your business life and your work life and your family life is very intertwined in some way, shape, or form. So peak performance for me is somebody that's able to understand their emotions, able to be great product, like productive within their work, and able to structure certain things and understand their human body to use it to their advantage. And what I mean to, my, to their advantage, their human body, I'm talking about understanding the functioning essentially of the brain more than anything else. So you could use it to your advantage, understanding the biochemistry behind it. And the reason why I actually got into like brain science and really interested of how that works was I am sure you probably heard of this. If not, I'm telling you and your listeners about somebody called Earl Nightingale. And he had this radio clip called The Greatest Secret. And within this Greatest Secret audio clip, which is about 30 minutes, he mentions the eighth undiscovered continent in the world is your brain. Once I listened to that, which was in my early 20s, I was getting just into this personal development world. I realized, I'm like, hey, I have to study this a bit more. And once I got into it, I realized that, oh my God, all of these things that we're learning towards law of attraction, towards success, starts with your brain. So to do so, you have to understand how your brain works, utilize it to your advantage, 
learn and consume the information at the proper moments of your day so you could be a high productive person throughout your day. Once you understand how your body works, how your mindset works, and how everything around you works, then you're going to be able to achieve as a peak performing individual, which is achieving at high levels consistently in every area of your life. Not just in business, not just in, in, in family, not just in abundance, not just in fame. If you're able to be at a consistent level on all of those, that is true happiness in a sense. So that's what I kind of defined, kind of gave a broad picture over here, but that's what I see as a peak performance essentially. And again, this might be hard to narrow down because I'm sure it's very quite individual, but if someone's listening and they're just, they feel like they're not firing all cylinders, they're just, it's really, they feel a bit sluggish, especially in the sort of yeah. year that the world has had now. And yeah, they feel like they're definitely away from their peak performance. Are there any sort of tips and advice you can give to that? Yes. First and foremost is to appreciate that little rut, let's call it, that little negative moment. Because to, to, to look at it and say, oh my God, I'm in a rut, I'm not good, and I'm not that's like that's not good. As human beings, it's completely normal to be in those ruts sometimes. We're human beings. You can't just always be up, up there. No, it's a process. But what we can do is we could decide how long we want to stay in those peak performance levels. That's something I call your emotional home, okay? So your emotional home is somewhere that you create that you want to live most of the time, which is filled of happiness, joy, abundance, success, and all of that stuff. Now, Adam, if I ask you, do you think I could stay within that positive emotional home 100% of my life? No way. <laughs> no way. It's <laughs> no, impossible. We're human beings. Yep. Our imperfection is our perfection. Notice that there are some negative points within your life, and when they come, you have to appreciate it because there's a purpose for it, but you're not supposed to get sucked in and stay there for X amount of time. You have to decide, hey, this negativity is happening. All right, how long do I want to be here? Is it five minutes? Is it a week? Is it a day? Is it this? Is it that? Because obviously it depends what the situation is. If you have imagined death in your family, you're not going to get over it within five minutes. But if you lose a contract, you look at it like, hey, what really happened? Okay, I lost something here, but I don't want to put negative energy on it. Let me just bring me five minutes or an afternoon to be mad. Afterwards, go towards my positive emotional home and go towards it. So first step, notice the emotion that you're having. Appreciate it, good or bad, as an observer, not somebody that's living it, but as an observer, and then decide what is the emotion you want to go towards. As you're able to position yourself, not only as an actor of your life, but the director that's in the stands and looking at your life, then you're in real control. So don't, first of all, belittle yourself because you're going through like a difficult time, such as everybody with the challenges that we're going through. One, second of all, detach yourself from the emotion. And then third of all, decide what emotion you want to live at. What is the actual emotion? Where's the actual place that you want to be? And then once you're able to see that, then it's so easy to move towards that. Once you're in that positive energy, the vibration, the frequency, the, the, the vibra the, everything that's linked up with it is going to be another level. And then you're going to start attracting that. The more time you spend in your positive emotion, the more you're going to attract that positivity, that awesome frequency. We mentioned some challenges growing up, at least in the learning side of things. When was a period in your life, and it could be in your adult life, when it really was a challenge and you was in one of these, these ruts and you had to fight to awaken your alpha? Oh, my God. Awesome question. Legit. I was just on a coaching call right before you, and I was talking about this particular scenario. And essentially, in the beginning of my speaking career, several years back at this point, I was invited to do an MC thing. And it was actually in French. And uh, for people who don't know, Montreal, our second language or first language actually is French. So I speak uh, English, French, and Armenian, being Armenian descent. 
And I gave this speech and like it was some speech and as well some MCs, everything was going great. And at the end, before the, the gig had finished, they gave me a list of names to read in French. And they didn't tell me this. I've asked like to receive all things in advance because like I said, reading is not my skill. But if I have the things in advance, I'm able to read it and just remember and be good at it. They gave me this five seconds before going on. They're like, go ahead and Ouch. read it. Yeah. Exactly. Ouch was exactly it. I destroyed, destroyed the names. Like it was just horrible. Like it was just phenomenally horrible. I got off the stage. I, I, I felt like the smallest person in the world. So much so there was an old lady there came up to me, almost gave me like, like, like a lot of slack. Like, Oh my God, how'd you do this? How'd you manage to like F up all the names? So on and so forth. And I was like, the only thing I had to say was like, Oh, French is not my first language. My second language. I tried to protect myself like that. And then after the event, like I was out of that room, ASAP got into the car. And then what happened? My monkey mind starts coming about. You're like, hey, Chris, you're not good enough. What are you doing? Mm. You're dyslexic. You can't be a speaker, this, that, and the other. And it's just destroying you. Now, what I did, as soon as I got home, I have something that's called a brag book. So write this down, brag book. It says in the name, bragging is what, right? Like, hey, I want to brag. I have a book that I write down every single success that I've had, every single thing that is somebody that I look up to has given me compliments, such as I'm a speaker, I'm a part of CAPS, which is Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. When they've seen me on stage, they're like, wow, Chris, you're phenomenal, this, that, and the other. I've written all of these things down. So what do I do? Once I got home, I picked up my brag book and I started reading all of these successes that I've had at such a young age. Practice, and I'm like, yo, yeah. I am the same person. I am the same person. This person that just failed within this, I'm that same person that accomplished this. So instantly what I did is I changed my state and my story in one second. The second you switch it, your whole emotion changes and your whole positivity changes. Honestly, you could switch from completely negativity to complete positivity in the click of a finger. As long as you know, like I said, how your mind works, how your brain works, how your body works. And these are techniques that are taught through programs, through my coaching programs, to the peak performance. And if you know how to use it, then it's tools around you. Look at all the greats. Look at Tony Robbins. Look at all of them. They talk about all of these things. Look at NLP. This is what we talk about over here. So once you know this, you're able to switch it. So that would be essentially a good example as my adult life failing and then instantly switching that and finding my alpha. Yeah, man, I feel for you on that, that names thing because... <laughs> I've never been diagnosed, but yeah, when you get, a little, I was a teacher for 10 years. When you get some, you know, not the most obvious names and the first time you're sounding them out and checking, you know, for pronunciations for names as well, but doing that, yeah, on stage, especially if, you know, if you do have a high level of dyslexia, I'm like, oh, that, that exactly. sounds like a tough, I can see why it sticks in the, the memory, blimey. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh. Like, like you said, you know, like I, and I understand that like you, like my name is Dede and not everybody yeah, has I an easy time saying that. Yeah. Cause I yeah. don't want to be like, put that in front of me and then just butcher it. Exactly. Out. Exactly. So yeah, it, it definitely was a great learning lesson, but at the same time it created a great story. So that yeah. opportunity for me gave me a lesson and gave me something that I share with my clients, share on yeah. podcasts and so on and so forth. Yeah. And rightly so people get very picky about their names, don't they? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to be moving into the alpha round now. So I'd like to start off with a particular favorite quote that really sums up your approach to life. Maybe an all time favorite quote. Is there any that spring to mind? Yeah, there definitely is so many quotes that like are great, but there's one that for me just kind of explains it all. And it, that is from Socrates, which is the only true wisdom is knowing, you know, nothing. And I love that quote in such a deep way because the reality of the matter is every time I learn something new, I realize how much I don't know. And that puts me in such a position of humbleness and it puts me in a position of that I'm always going to be a student of life. I'm always going to learn. And I'm a huge fan of Socrates and philosophy, Greek philosophy. So yeah, that would definitely be at the top of the list for me. Awesome. And 
if someone asks for maybe either your all-time or impactful book or a book you like to recommend, are there any that spring to mind? Adam, I love that question. And simultaneously, that's the question I hate the most. And let me explain why, right? <laughs> because when people ask this question, they might perceive or they might assume that there's one book that's going to give them all the answers. And the reality matters, it's not. It's about being a reader. So I would rather somebody have the mindset of, hey, let me read a book. Once it's finished, I'm going to read the other one and continue like that. Because it's the mass volume of books that's going to give you that competitive edge. It's not one particular book. It's not like, hey, I read this book. I'm done. I'm good. I read the book. No, no, no. Books are the most valuable thing, I thoroughly believe, to acquire knowledge to really get that competitive edge. Now, that being said, I'm still going to name a bunch of books because like <laughs> mentioned before uh, the call, I literally just finished my 52nd book of the year. So I read about like a book uh, a week. So for me, some top authors, just like we mentioned, you've got Robert Greene on the show. Robert Greene is one of my favorite authors. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell, he's top up there as well. Uh, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, which talks about uh, the placebo effect and how your brain works. Those are up there as well. And if you talk about the staples, let's talk about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I feel like probably all your uh, listeners that know that That is the most book. recommended book, yeah. In yeah. 400 and it, almost 450 episodes, that is the top one. Buy it like double the second place. It's 100%. 100%. And I know because that's the, like, in some sense, the Bible, let's call it, <laughs> of personal development with Napoleon Hill, how he did all of his research. And I suggest as well, because a lot of people have read that book, but they haven't read The Law of Success, which is 16 lessons. And it's like a thick book. It's like, we're talking about like over a thousand wow. some pages of uh, him writing about concepts and all that stuff. So that's another one that I, I suggest. Uh, yeah, so for me, the main thing is I just want people to read more consistently. There's so many great things that come out of it. And as well, we were talking about some biographies before starting the recording over here, Adam. The thing I love about biographies is that it puts the person that you idolize in such a humanistic level that you see their hero's journey. And then you're able to look at it and not compare their step 75 to step 17. Because that's what often happens, right? Yeah. I'm a professional speaker and I could look at Tony Robbins and be like, holy moly, I'm not doing anything great. But wait a minute, Tony Robbins has been doing this longer than my whole life. Yeah. Give me some time. <laughs> I'm going to get there. I'm going to get it there. So just understand. And then once you read a story like, hey, this guy started off here and got this, got that. Oh my God, look at all those struggles. Then you're able to associate yourself and be like, oh my God, they're struggling the same way I did. It's completely normal. It's a part of the process. Definitely. And when it comes to peak performance, what do you feel is one of your, you know, essential daily habits? Uh, I, I love the brag book, brag book, and that's not really yeah. a daily habit, but some kind of habit that you think is a real, you know, useful thing that keeps you on the straight and narrow. And if, if you'd skip doing it for like a day or two or three, I know we mentioned yeah. reading as well, yeah. then you may be not going to be in such a good state. Adam, if you permit, actually, I'm going to tell you my whole morning routine. And I feel Let's like that's it. like the way that I kind of structure everything. So every single morning I wake up at 4 a.m., uh, after waking up, I do about like 15 to 20 minutes of meditation. After my meditation, I go and read my affirmations, look at my vision board. Once that's done, I sit down and do my business journal. So I, I business journal, I start off with my gratitude work, three things that I'm blessed about. I place the top three things I need to accomplish within a day. I look at my agenda and set my intention for every single meeting towards if I have a coaching client towards if I'm doing uh, something for my YouTube channel uh, towards if I have a podcast interview with someone like yourself, I set that intention on how I want to show up with that. And then from there, once that's done, I have my mastermind moment because in the morning we're talking about brain waves and all we're talking about brain understanding in the morning, you're in a state of alpha and theta, which is brain waves. And that's directly correlated to your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is where everything gets created. So the way to access and put information in your subconscious mind is when you're in those states, which is alpha and theta. So when you wake up and when you go to sleep. So those are moments that my mind is more creative, 
more productive and consumes information at such a high level. So I do anything that has to do with creation. I'm not looking at emails. I'm not responding to clients. I'm not looking at social media. I am just creating for my business. I'm letting my mind go. That's about 45 minutes. Then afterwards, uh, go to the gym. I do CrossFit Monday to Friday uh, from six to seven. Uh, after I come back, do a bit of yoga, stretch it out. Then I have a 10 minute reading in the morning. I read everything that's cerebral. So things that I want to learn more. I have like techniques about reading as well. So in the morning is more cerebral work. Then jump in the shower, get ready by 8.30 um, in the office and just doing my thing. So, I mean, I suppose in, in the year of 2020, how has uh, things affected these, these routines? Has you just been adaptable? <laughs> yeah. just no, the notice in the office one was like CrossFit. Are you yeah. still going to a physical office? Do you have a home office? Like, yeah, how okay. has that impacted you? So it was something I really had to take a step back and look at. And as you were kind of saying, at Adam, as well, in the beginning of the call, you're like, hey, man, I had so many gigs lined up for 21 to speak and everything kind of fell through. I had the same thing. I had so many gigs and kind of some of them fell through. And in the beginning, a bit like we're talking about emotions, I was I, I allowed myself to be sad and angry. And then I'm like, wait a minute, but that's not who I am. I'm like, let me change and go to my positive emotional home. So what I decided was the plan hasn't changed. The strategy has. So I'm like, if I have the same plan, if my goal for 2020 was this X, Y, and Z, I'm like, now I just have to change the strategy. So I moved my things around, went more on, on the social, build my YouTube channel to the next level, all these things that I just switched it around instead of being face-to-face, -face, did some stuff more online. So when it comes to my morning routine, that's exactly the mindset I have. So I've been running obviously a lot more because sometimes the gym has been closed here and there. Second thing, I got more equipment at home. So still doing it and rocking and just found ways to be figuring it out because the reality of the matter is it's never a question of resources. It's a question of being resourceful. If you have that mindset to be resourceful, you're going to find the answers, whatever happens. And having gone through the bulk of the interview, is there anyone from your network that you think would make a great interview for Awaken Your Alpha? My head coach. So I, I actually, like I said, I'm a peak performance coach, but I have eight coaches and mentors in my life in every sense of the way. And this is my head coach. So I'm going to drop his name saying is Trevor McGregor, phenomenal guy. He was a top coach in the Tony Robbins organization for years. Now he's doing his own thing. I actually collaborate with him in so many projects as well. So that's definitely somebody that I would suggest uh, to get on this podcast. And if people want to connect with you and find out more and continue the conversation, what's the best way they can do so? Go check out my website as well as my uh, YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com slash Christopher Dedian. Christopher starts with C-H, finishes with P-H-E-R, and Dedian is D-E-D-E-Y-A-N. My website, if you guys want any uh, speaking opportunities or want to connect me with that, or you want to see how we could collaborate together for a coaching client, definitely you could uh, uh, go see that on my website, which is Christopher Dedian com. All the information is there and it'll be my pleasure to serve you, your community and your uh, employees and colleagues. Awesome. And we'll put all, them on the, all those details on the show notes as well. Is there anything that you feel when it comes to peak performance? You, we, we really didn't cover a few. We really didn't get across your whole philosophy or anything along the lines in terms of what is left unsaid. What is a question you wished I'd ask? And we kind of alluded to it, but I just want to highlight it a bit more is to understand it's never being 10 on 10 all the time. Peak performance for me is like holding a seven on 10 or eight on 10 at point and just being consistent at it. Peak performance for me is consistency. That's what real mm -hmm. really defines people that succeed compared to somebody else. Because success is not this one big thing that you did and you became successful. Success is small things done every single day in a repetitive manner that ends up compounding over time and being big. Like Adam, you told me in the beginning of the call, you started this podcast in 2014. You're about, if I'm not mistaken, like 400 interviews in. Is that correct? 
Yeah, almost 450, well, yeah. 450. <laughs> for, before getting to yeah. the point, I mean, 450 interviews throughout the years, that's a lot. That's consistency. It's not because you did one interview. It's not because you got Robert Green. You got Robert Green because you were consistent. It's all of this process. So when people think peak performance, they think waking up once at 4 a.m. is going to get the trick done or going to the gym once is going to get the trick done. No, I rather you take it easier. So imagine you're somebody who wakes up at seven. You're like, oh, I want to wake up at 4 a.m. Okay, cool. Start by waking up at 6.30. Let's do that for a little while. Then do 6.15, then six, and just gradually get there. So reality of the matter is it's not a race. It's a marathon. Put mm. the proper steps in order, continually educate yourself, and just being extremely passionate about joyful about what you're doing. Because if you're not, then you're just not going to succeed at it, essentially. No, definitely. And, and when you're talking about you know, consistency and small things as well, I feel as well, when you, when you do get that big achievement, that's always a vulnerable time after that as well. As happened for me before, the folks, like what's next? And, you know, that, that yes. initial high of achieving something, you know, it's uh, is a, a worry sometimes of what's going to happen after that. So. <laughs> 100%. A lot of people do have that worry because they're like, oh my God, like imagine, imagine your life goal was to be a millionaire. And then you get that million dollars, like, hey, hey, what's next? Like, oh my God, wait a minute, I made it. Like, was this my life journey? And maybe you're not even happy with that. So it's really able to associate and understand what is your definition of success. And once you're able to quantify that and put it in a binary level that you could control every single day and it's not something that's out there, it's something within you, then you're gonna be happy. Even if you hit those thresholds, but like, all right, cool, I'm still succeeding. Even if I go down, I'm still succeeding. So it's all about just putting that definition of success and just understanding every single day you're succeeding. Some days are a bit more wow and some days are a bit lower, but at the end of the day, every single day is important. Wow, Christopher, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you so much for the time. Adam, likewise, blur a brother whenever you want. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Please do subscribe, reach out, connect, pick up a copy of Awaken Your Alpha, Thousand Tactics to Thrive, available on Amazon. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.